0: Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored. Shh. In loving memory of Linda Fallick. Nishmat Yafa Mazal Shalom, sponsored by her son Jack Cookie Fallick. And also Leelu Nishmat Mordechai Ben Rivka. Okay. Rabotai, The Torah tells us that when a person arrives in Eretz Israel, when you arrive to the land that Hashem has given us, that Hashem has blessed us with, and when you get to this land and you start to plant, you know, in the, in the fields, and the first of your fruits, sh- starts to peek through the ground. The halakha is a person supposed to take a red string, Korech alav, he wraps around it this gumi, this red string, to identify which one is the uh, uh, is the uh, first fruits. And then he takes these first fruits, and what does he do with them? He brings them to the Beit HaMikdash. <speaking in Hebrew> he presents it to the Kohen in a basket. The Kohen takes the fruits in the basket, and he puts it next to uh, the Mizbeach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, next to the holy altar. And then the, each person, what they do is they stand up and they announce VeAnita VeAmarta, and you answer and you say Arami Ove David. Once upon a time, I had a family. They were. Uh, they tried to wipe us out. We went to Egypt. They made us slaves. God saved us with a miracle. Brought us to the land of Israel, and gave us this land. And therefore, here I am to bring this uh, to bring all this fruit to you in this in a sign of uh, of thanks. Rabu Rashi on the words Ve'anita ve'amarta Rashi says What does it mean Ve'anita ve'amarta yeah. Normally the word Ve'anita ve'amarta Sammy correct means And you will answer And you will say But Rashi says It cannot mean that Why? Because there's no question That was uttered That needed an answer The Kohen didn't ask you Any questions That, that will require you To answer and say this Paragraph that you just said So therefore The words Ve'anita ve'amata, Rashi translates, Ve'anita lashon haramat kol. It refers to a raising of the voice. That when this person gave this whole paragraph, by the way, there's lines from here all the way till <clears throat> a lot. You know what I mean? That each person's bringing, every farmer's bringing their first fruits. Remember, at that time, everybody was a farmer, everybody grew crops in their backyard. So, everybody is bringing to the Beit HaMikdash their basket with fruits. And every person would say this line, right? right? And our fathers came down to Egypt. And they made us work very, very difficult. Right? And they, and they, they tortured us, etc., etc. Everybody's giving this entire speech, beginning till end. Now, the question is, why is it that this person is obligated to do it biharamat kol, with the raising of the voice? And the answer, Abutai, I think is very powerful. He's not raising his voice so that the kohen should hear. The kohen is going to hear the speech a thousand times. He's not raising his voice so the guy behind him in line should hear. The guy behind him in line is going to make the speech himself. So what is the lashon haramat kol, why is that important? In tefillah, we find that there's a very interesting halakha uh, with regards to the Amidah. We know that a person, when he prays the Amidah, is supposed to pray quietly. Amen. But even though he's supposed to pray quietly, still the halakha is, He who prays, lehashmia leoznav. He needs to hear with his ears his prayer. So when you're in the synagogue and you're praying, you should be saying, Baruch That's how you should be praying. Loud enough that your own ears should hear. But not loud enough that the person standing next to you should hear. That's the halakha. Now why is it important that I should hear my own words? Why is that important, Rabotai? And the answer, I think, is connected to this here as well. Shhh, the answer is that when a person is praying, aside from making sure that God hears your words, it's also very important that you should hear your own words. I'm going to give you two reasons for this. Reason number one. Imagine a guy st- stands up every single day and he says, like we say in Ahavat toulam Ahavtanu. Right? What do we say? Or Ahava Depending on Ashkenazim. Right? What do we say? We say, please, Hashem, make... The words of Torah, you know, sweet. Let us learn to, to study. Right? We say all these beautiful words in the prayers. We say in the Amidah, You teach everybody wisdom. We say in the prayers, what do we say? Rifaenu. Please make us healthy. We say in the prayers, Please bless us with Parnassah. Could you imagine going up to God? And saying to Hashem, please grant me wisdom, but not for one second in the day did you open up a chumash, or a gemara, or a suchan or a mishnah. You didn't for one second try and teach yourself any Torah. How are you going to come in front of God and ask Him to teach you Torah? Thank you, Hashem! We're, but did you open a book? Did you go to learn a person who doesn't do the bare minimum that he's asking somebody else to do, he should be has to be embarrassed of himself. How are you gonna to come to God and say, please, Hashem, I'm asking you for for, uh, for health? And here he's this guy is smoking a pack a day. How could you do that? You know, smoking causes cancer. Today we know that smoking causes cancer. Cancer. Two-thirds of people who smoke cigarettes are going to die. Okay? They estimate that each cigarette that a person smokes steals 11 minutes from his life and a heavy smoker loses 13 to 15 years of his life span. We know this today. Great rabbis, who heard from doctors they saw the incontrovertible evidence they saw what the smoke and the tar does to the lungs of a person they took the pack of cigarettes they threw it in the garbage they never smoked another cigarette in their whole in their whole entire life there's a list of the rabbis there are many rabbis that hold, that they say, that according to halakha today, that we know, that we understand what we're doing to ourselves. There are many rabbis that hold that it's asur from halakha, not to smoke on the holidays. sur from halakha, to smoke any day. Okay, go do your research, you'll find ah. out. Dayan Fisher, who was one of the most beloved and strongest rabbis and Poskim in Eretz Israel, he died of lung cancer. On his deathbed, he called the minyan of people to come together and he says, I want you to tell everybody in my name that I am hereby ruling a pesak halakha, that it is forbidden according to halakha to smoke. Look at me. Look at what it did to me because I didn't believe it was Asur. I didn't believe that it was true that there was this link. <laughs> How do we come to God if you could hear the words that your mouth is saying, I'm asking Hashem to keep me healthy. Well, what are you doing to be healthy? How are you eating? Are you exercising? There's a mitzvah, mitzvah, asay say from the Torah, positive commandment in the Torah. Me'od you should be very, very careful with, khem, with the health that you have because it's asur to put yourself in a situation of sakana. By the way, I love you all, even if you're smoking jewels, even if you're smoking cigarettes, I love you no matter what. But do your research before you pick up a jewel, by the way. There are states now that are forbidding it. You have to figure out what's going on. And we have now jewels that we're giving to children, little kids you see smoking. It's only vapor. It's only vapor, but it has nicotine. Really? We're allowing children to get addicted to nicotine. Rabotai, please, let's just keep our eyes open. And we're asking Hashem, refuah, shulema, and then we're stabbing ourselves. What are we doing? Are, are you studying? You're asking Hashem for, uh, what's it called? For teshuvah? How much teshuvah did you do? Hashivenu, avinu toratecha. You know? Selach lanu. Are you doing teshuva? Therefore, it's important that a person should raise their voice, not in order that the Kohen should hear, not in order that the next person online should hear, but that I should hear. Why do I have to hear the words of the Bikurim, Rabotai? Because there's certain things that I could whisper in my ear and I understand. I understand if I'm going to ask Hashem to heal me that I need to take care of myself also. I understand if I'm going to ask Hashem for wisdom I need to study. If I'm going to ask Hashem for what's it called? Allah Sadiqim, Allah hasidim I need to treat Sadiqim and hasidim with reverence too. I understand all of that. That's easy. But you know what's hard? What's hard is bikurim. Bikurim is hard. I worked my tail off for these fruits. I always point this out, Rabotay, with the greatest of respect, I always point this out. All of us today, what jobs do we have? You're working in finance, you're working as a lawyer, you're working as an accountant, you're selling goods retail, you're selling goods wholesale, you're selling real estate. What did you do with your hands? You didn't build the house that you're selling. You you didn't build the company that you're investing or buying stocks in. You know, you didn't build the courthouse that you're practicing law in. What did you do with your hands? What did you make yourself? There's very little today in terms of parnasah that people create with their own hands. They made by themselves. How many people in this room today are a carpenter? Anybody? How many people here build homes? I'm talking about with the belt on a ladder. Anybody here? It's amazing, right? So a big sign that I'm talking to a Jewish crowd, right? We don't do nothing with our hands. But, but how many people in the Kehila? Very few. There was once a time where if you, you were going to bring Bikurim, you know what that first fruit was? It was the thing that you spent all summer in the heat, plowing and planting, and you're taking all the garbage from the, from the backside of a horse, from a cow, you're picking up all the Zbale from the back, and you're fertilizing it. You know, this is what you're doing. They didn't have Purell back then. that comes back into his house. He smells like, I don't want to say what. Right? This is what he did in order to be able to bring this tree. And now comes the first fruit, and he's holding it in his hand. You know what it means? I made this. I made this. And you know what it must have felt like to take the first fruit that comes, the first peach, the first app, you bite into the apple, you taste how sweet it is. Wow! Yeah. Not only do you have to make a what's it called? Uh, you, you, not only do you make a what's it called? A, 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 you want to make a you want to make a yosir you want to have a chupa. you want to have a party, right? Because it's all of your hard work for the whole year. And Hashem says, no, no, no give me that one. <laughs> Could you imagine could you imagine that? You know how hard that is? <laughs> you, know, you buy uh, a box of donuts, because you're hungry. You open up the box of donuts and you're about to take the first one. Someone comes in, cuts in, grabs it out the first buyer. How do you feel? You want, I want the first one. I want it's mine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want you to give me Reshit. I want the first one, it's mine. Why? That's why the guy needs to raise his voice loud enough that he could hear. You know why? I give this one to God. Because, Arami Oved Avi. Because, but for God's grace, I wouldn't even exist. They'd have killed Yaakov Avinu and everyone represented by him. The Jewish people wouldn't even, shouldn't even exist. We defy all logic. Every country we've ever been has tried to kill us. And still here we are in the middle of Manhattan having a nice breakfast on 5th Avenue. How? We're like termites. You can't kill us. Number one, my existence I owe to God. Then we went to Egypt. And what were we? We were slaves. Hashem took us out. That means that my freedom I also owe to God. And then I got to Eretz Israel and the land that I planted also belongs to God. The land that God Himself gave you. So suddenly you realize that this thing that I think I made, number one, you wouldn't have the land to plant on. Number two, you would be a servant. So even if you planted something, you'd have to give it to your master, to somebody else. It wouldn't have been yours. And number three, yeah, Without that freedom, you yourself wouldn't even be here pondering these thoughts if not for God. But, but hearing things like that is a little hard. To hear that I owe everything to God, that's hard. You know why? Because human beings want to feel like they are in control. I want to feel like I, I am in control. To cede, to give that control to somebody else is very, very, very hard. Rabotai, one of my favorite ideas about this is to understand that when Borei Olam gives the Jewish people the Torah, he gives us the Luchot. And the Vilna Gaon says that every single, all of the mitzvot in the Torah can be hidden and found in, not only in Luchot, but also in Pasuk Bereshit. But I thought to myself that really, all of the Torah was communicated to the Jewish people, not even in the Ten Commandments, but in the first word of the first commandment. When God said, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, the Maharsha says that when God says Anochi Hashem Elokecha, what he was communicating is that the word Anochi, which means I, in the singular, I me me alone there's only one creation in the whole world which is singular and alone completely there's only one I in this world anohi hashem elokecha you know who's I god everything else in this world is not I everything else in this world is we there's only one being in this world who is Matsui, he exists because of himself. Nobody made him, nobody fed him, nobody nurtured him. Only one being, only God. So when a Jewish person tries to live life in the way he's supposed to, what does he think? He thinks that I, the person's thought process, when they think about themselves, that's not how a Jew thinks. There's only one I. Who's that? Hashem. That's why when they asked Hillel, what is the one mitzvah mitzvah in the Torah? You teach a convert. He wants to convert on condition. You teach me everything on standing on one foot. What does Hillel say? sani al ta'aved. That which you hate, don't do it to somebody else. Just cancel the eye. If you hate it, don't do it to somebody else. Think of another person. What does Rabbi Akiva say? The one mitzvah is? Everything else is explanation. Love your friend like yourself. So all the mifarshim ask, I don't understand. Love your neighbor like yourself could be the root of the commandment to not steal from your friend. Because if you love him, why would you steal from him? It could be the root of the commandment not to steal his wife. Because if you love him, why would you have his wife? Right? If you love him, why would you be jealous of him? You'd be happy for him. I understand that ahafta is the root of of all of the mitzvot ben Adam l'chavero. But that's not what Rabbi Akiva says. Rabbi Akiva says, zuklal gadol bat Not zuklal badol b'mitzvot ben Adam l'chavero. So the question is asked, how is that a root for all the mitzvot between man and God? And the answer is, that if a person can love his friend, that comes from a person being able to not focus only on himself. All of the mitzvot that we do to worship God are also us having the same recognition that it's not all about me. But sometimes, since it's hard, we need to scream it out loud so that we hear deep inside of ourselves, I don't own me. I'm so full of my own ego. What would have happened if my parents wouldn't have given me the education I had? What would have happened if I didn't have a break back when I was young from somebody giving me a hand or giving me advice? I would be exactly where this person is. That recognition, that understanding is at the core of what a Jewish person is. There is no I, there is only we. There's one I in the world, and that is HaKadosh Baruch Baruch Amen.